And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. I'm sorry. You can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And time, and time again. Crank up the music, charge a glass. This nation is going to dance all night. Unwalled charted territory, the unique crowd sounds of a penalty scored on the rebound, glorious second mention scenes from the Copper America, Jack Grealish and the ultimate, ultimate indignity, Luke Shaw territory, fucking beans on toast people, Big Sam's big introduction, the state of the ITV hub, Stuart Pearce in the New Forest and the best way to use up 0.0000009% of the time since England won the World Cup in 1966. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Right now you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price of £1 a month for six months. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all of our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod to take advantage of this special discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 81 of the Football Cliches podcast. I'm Adam Hurry and with me, my two members of staff. First of all, Charlie Eccleshare. We're into unwall charted territory. Very good, yeah. Yeah. We're recording late, so has that taken all day? <laughs> Is that why we're recording so late? Um, There's got to be something in this. That intro was originally planned for wall chart ace Dave Walker. Unfortunately, he went Bele- out. So beleaguered wall chart <laughs> ace, I think, isn't it? Yes. Yes, out of favour. Under fire. Yeah, out of favour and under fire and much maligned Football Clichés ex-podcast ace. Dave Walker, who uh, who had such a good time last night that we don't, we're now we're not recording until eight oh eight p.m. The, the evening after. But that's fine. That is fine. Hope you enjoyed it, Charlie. Alongside you for this one is James Moore. Um, James, one thing to share with you straight away. I mean, you you witnessed it firsthand. I did. Yeah, the correct. You luck. You lucky so-and-so. But here, the unmistakable noise that is a penalty being scored on the rebound. Lovely. Lovely stuff. 
What, what I'd quite like to see actually is kind of fan cam footage from the Denmark end because you get that and there's been a video of some Irish lads watching the game who obviously wanted England to lose and they, they're loads of them crammed into a small room so they all kind of jump up when it's saved and then the one at the back who's filming it can't see that Kane has immediately scored the rebound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just hilarious. I imagine that, that kind of thing, yeah, you know, that's my favourite thing in football and I think it's one of yours as well, Adam, that, uh, you know, the ball hitting the outside of the side netting and people mm. in the wrong part of the ground reacting to it. I mean, that's a good example of that happening, I think, if you've got the right footage. Well, yeah, yeah, you're completely right. But there are two things I want to talk about on the back of that. First of all, uh, you mentioned this this supposedly viral video of, of, of the Irish lads responding to the penalty and the subsequent rebound. I'm always quite sceptical about these videos because my, my brain always thinks, well, why are you filming this? And then I'm looking in the corner of the screen for the little sort of sky symbol that they might have, not the sky symbol, but the, the sky box kind of, they might have rewound it to do Clever. all this just for the purposes Clever. of internet banter. I, uh, do you, are you convinced it's, it's genuine? Uh, I choose to believe it's genuine, yes. Okay, no, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but Charlie, I mean, there is a nuance to that crowd noise. I feel like the, re- the rebound wasn't sufficiently dicey enough to really make people go, oh, shit. I mean, it was... Yeah. It's, about, it's about as good a rebound as you could possibly get. I know. I don't. I don't think I had long enough to really process the fact that he. By the time I, my brain is sort of processed that he'd missed, he had an open goal. So there wasn't. There wasn't quite the same kind of agony and ecstasy. I didn't quite have that feeling, which maybe you won. And I was thinking as well about that. You know that rule that if you hit the post, you can't then. Mm. Why is that? Like, why is that any di- like? Why is why is it being saved <laughs> oh, any different from hitting the post? It seems quite an odd for, thing. But I, for the record, what if, scenario if, do you think of first when you think of a someone hitting the post and then having them touch? Teddy next? Sheringham. It's got to be Teddy Sheringham yeah. <laughs> on his on his Man U debut at White Hart Lane. Charlie continues his record of answering questions asked to somebody else on the podcast, but that's fine. That was the answer I was looking for. Uh, to be honest, if that had happened in that game last night, I would have completely forgotten that rule existed uh, mm. and, and celebrated like an idiot. No, it, so, it's it's probably the rule that. Even the most seasoned football fan forgets most easily. Yeah. I think. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I think it feels so arbitrary. We need Peter Walton on this to explain why it's there. <laughs> I actually, get yeah, on Peter Walton, Charlie. Like, what do you reckon his gig is with ITV? Like, is he is he like a lawyer? Is he like paid like a retainer? <laughs> is, he, is he paid per intervention? What? He's never even on screen. What is it? Paid per incident he has to talk about. I genuinely want to know what, what money he's on to do the Euros. I'm not saying he's not doing a good job. I'm not saying it's not a difficult job. And sometimes the calls are quite difficult. Like the Sterling penalty at the time felt like it was. But James, I mean, it, it's, just a weird, it's just a weird gig to get and like in a yeah. purely employment level. And also on uh, ITV, they don't ever refer to him outside like the 90 minutes or 120 minutes of the match. <laughs> on, on BT, you know, sometimes they'll go to him at half time and as you say, you get him on screen. Sometimes if it's a Champions League semi-final, an extra time mm. uh, in the last mm. minute of the game, you get him on screen as well. So yeah, I, yeah it does seem odd that uh, maybe the BT own like sort of intellectual property right to Peter Walton's face or something. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> ITV can't show him for whatever reason. I wonder how much that is worth. Now maybe it's a similar phenomenon to um, Gary Neville's early tournament punditry. Charlie, when we we thought that ITV would get were getting sort of Neville light, mm. maybe they're getting Walton light as well. Oh, so you can't Neville. have my face. You can't have my face. You have to pay a bit more if you want to put me in a booth. I wonder what pays more, what Walton has, or the Dermot Gallagher slot, at like <laughs> on a Monday morning on Sky Sports News, where he kind of pours over the weekends weekends decisions. Is that the plum? I, I'd say the only more Ref plum watch. refereeing gig than that would be going to become like the head of refereeing. 
in Mauritius or something like that. Mm. I mean, like, do a Clattenburg. I mean, what do they do? What do they do? Being, like, the head of referees. Oh, what, you mean, look, setting new standards and... Yeah. Um, it's just yeah. the face of it, isn't it? Doing nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you have contributed nothing. That's a good but, point, yeah. actually. I'm amazed someone hasn't got Clats. Where is... Is he still knocking Clat- around in the Middle East? Clatt said, I think I think Bean quoted him as saying that it wasn't a penalty. Clatt said it wasn't a pen. So, oh, so is he working with Bean? I know. I think that they just they just oh, right. got that his observations. Right. Yeah, that feels so right. Yeah, it's very Bean. Yeah, contrarian Clatt. Yeah, yeah, they, he is very Bean. Save that for um, our Bean episode. Mm, oh yeah, we need to do that. Because that's going to be so good. Anyway, um, let's kick off the adjudication panel formally after that very long intro. Um, listener Henry Worth wrote in. He wants me to analyse all the referees whistling at Euro 2020. He says, Think, this has been bothering me. Please can you look into the different referee whistleblows throughout the tournament? He's talking about half-time and full-time, the different kind of patterns. He says it's changed over the last decade, James, and the German referees have a very different style. I mean, I'm getting the vibe that Henry Worth expects me to have gone back through every game and recorded the half-time or, and or full-time whistles well, of every referee. I, this would be something that me and Henry Worth would have in common, I have to say. Mm, I don't, I don't, yeah, I, that doesn't sound... Are we building up to you having done this? Yeah. Yeah, I have not done it. That I, doesn't I, sound an unrealistic expectation at all. No, I did not. try. I did try. In the, in the um, vacuum earlier when we were supposed to be recording this podcast, I did consider going back through all the footage and trying to find the whistles, but some of it was inaudible and some in criminal cases, the, uh, like the BBC YouTube highlights didn't feature the full the full-time whistle at the end of every game mm. they just just yeah just skipped rubbish um so sorry henry not won't be doing that next up domestic matters james i put it to you that the next eight seconds you're about to hear are the most eight scott parkery seconds you could possibly imagine <laughs> okay. okay fine hit me um one very proud to to obviously sit in this chair and, uh, and and try and help the football club move forward really so um. just proud to sit in a chair oh my god I mean a day in Ikea with that guy Jesus Christ why did he need to say I mean I mean, I st- the, the football club was inevitable and we, yeah, we know yeah. that with Parker oh, well, yeah. now we know that that was going to happen and we know that it was good, there was going to be some vague reference to his the task <laughs> ahead of it <laughs> to sitting yeah. in this chair right now the iconic Bournemouth about- chair I mean, you definitely hear the phrase, you know, to be, to be sat here now, I'm very proud, mm. fine. But to specify the chair, I mean, does give the chair a, a, a real sense of worth. He also doesn't look very proud or excited. He, he looks a lot like a man who thought, mm, could I not have got a slightly better job than this? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't. I think it looks very sidewaysy kind of move, but I'm sure there's a lot of politics behind it. But um, the fallout from this clip, it made me suddenly realise, Charlie, that domestic football has never felt so distant as it does yeah, right now. It's it's mad, isn't it? It's like how in midwinter, the idea that it will be warm and sunny again in a few months feels like genuinely impossible to comprehend. And like right now, the idea of caring about Burnley against. I don't know. Wolves just feels impossible, and yet this is like oh, in, Pre- in a couple Pre- of months started, I will. Pret have started selling their Christmas sandwiches, haven't they, for a laugh for some reason? I noticed that today. It's like that, isn't it? It's the same. But James, it's not just about thinking about domestic football things. It's about like, can you imagine, given what, you, given the kind of tournament rhythm you've been through over the last three or four weeks, can you imagine like the kind of, I don't know, the four fifty-eight p.m. lull of a Saturday after mm. after fifty games have gone whizzing past your eyes on soccer Saturday. I, I just it's not that I haven't got the energy for it I just I can't contemplate being in that mood but 
We had this every two years, don't we? In reality. I, I know. I know this tournament, for reasons we, but everyone already realises, but we will talk about in a minute. It's very different this time for us as, as England fans. Um, but we, we have this every two years, don't we? We would have had it for three years. We, you know, we had this after the World Cup, I'm sure. I'm sure after that Croatia game, I wasn't sat there thinking, actually quite looking forward to pre-season now, actually. We, just let, we go again. It, it'll, it'll be mm. a new Premier League season, you know, Huddersfield or up or whatever it was. No, I think you kind of click into gear quite quick. You have a couple of weeks off. And then by the time pre-season has kind of kicked off and, you know, there's transfers and stuff, you'll be... You'll be interested, Anne. Yeah, and then yeah, we'll yeah, be yeah. raging that there's an international break. Yeah. We do all, it is integral to our employment that people are interested in that, by the way. So let's see. <laughs> first international break would be great, though. It'd be like, I don't know, meeting up again for the first time after a massive holiday. <laughs> no, it's yeah. like, it'll be nice. Like when you meet all the lads you meet on a stag do at the wedding and you're like, mm. yeah, actually, maybe not. <laughs> Some, yeah, exactly like that. Next up, been enjoying lots of tenuous marketing tie-ins for Euro 2020 Charlie <laughs> this one sent in via Phil Wanley maybe the weakest of the lot he has alerted me to a Facebook post by the Hartlepool Mail who had a very standard looking story about um, <laughs> the pedestrianisation of Hartlepool Town Centre and, uh, <laughs> and you won't you would never have predicted what's about to happen but the headline is footfalls coming home <laughs> footfalls coming home I actually think that's quite good. Yeah, I think, I I think fair play to the Hartlepool Mail for, yeah, like there there are far worse examples of that. At least they've had some fun with it. I, I I kind of feel like that is a potential typo that actually for SEO purposes is probably be quite fruitful for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I really hope that got a lot of clicks. Um, in the Facebook grab that he, screen grab that he sent me, the the post itself has received one laughing emoji, one solitary laughing emoji. <laughs> Um, which I, I feel like it deserves more, but but there um, are eight comments. It looks like, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're really, really thrashing it out in the comments. <laughs> um, Charlie, this next one is all for you. It's all for you. Hot semi-final second mention scenes from the Copper America. Next, um, this is from the uh, semi-final penalty shootout between Argentina and oh. Colombia. Emmy Martinez doing <laughs> his thing to put off Yeri Mina. And uh, this is how the BBC commentary went. It's the other centre-half now. Yeri Mina. Saved by Martinez! Two in a row for the RG stopper. Love that. So this is this is brilliant. We got sent this, but I just read the copy and I couldn't see it anywhere because I was like, surely not. They're like oh, the BBC, that feels like a bit much. I know they're trying to be like you know down with the kids or whatever. I didn't realise it was on the commentary. Yeah, that's amazing. That's even better to say those words out loud. Well, I have to say, I mean, James. I mean, the you know the inherent perhaps problematic nature well, of saying, I was just thinking Ar- Ar- it, completely it, it, does, by. it does sound like the kind of thing you'd read in a tabloid newspaper in the mid 80s no, isn't it absolutely I mean that, that's by the by for me I'm not massively fussed it's just, it's just <laughs> the, the, well, pulling out <laughs> yes <laughs> but pulling out RG stopper straight away <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> instinctive isn't it it's like the same yeah I mean, I mean, we we could debate long into the night. Would have been afternoon, but because of Dave. But we, we could debate long into the night about whether stopper refers to a goalkeeper and not Great a centre half. I think we may have done it before, but uh, don't let the BBC don't let it stop the BBC. That's for sure. Uh, RG stopper, fantastic stuff. So, England, Denmark, the semi final. Incredible, incredibly. It, it, it felt tense and it, and it felt like it was built up an appropriate amount. But I, I have to say, Charlie, I didn't quite get in the mood until Sky Sports News had Ben Stokes on, um, giving <laughs> perhaps the most Churchillian speech 
I've ever heard. Just finally, uh, as one England captain to another, have you got a message for Harry Kane tonight in England, boys, before the big game at Wembley? Yeah, it's coming home, isn't it? <laughs> the most casual delivery of, of football's coming home, I think I've heard. It, it feels like... It, 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 but, Charlie, is, is that perhaps a symbol of it, of it passing properly into the tapestry of English culture? Like, we're not really even signposting it anymore. We're just saying it as a thing. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a greeting. Mm, it's It'll be in phrase books. I mean, this as well is, is kind of fascinating. You're talking about before the, um, like, imagining Premier League and domestic football right now and how far away that feels. Like, Sky Sports feels like another world somehow. And they're kind of, this, like, weird dilemma they have where obviously they can't just ignore the fact that Euros is going on, but also, like, it's just not their thing. And also, yeah. s- sporting crossovers are in- inherently cringeworthy aren't they James because you, you knew that they were going to get get the cricket captain on asking oh you know how does it feel I mean the pressures what must the pressure be like can you, can you give us an insight of what Harry Kane must be feeling I always find that incredibly strange when you get like you know uh, sort of uh, you know if I just out like Ashes winners and you know like Clive Woodward and whatever it's all I, I just don't really understand the crossover there I, I don't man just, knows a thing or two just found like an, another English bloke <laughs> who's done a completely different thing you may as well get you may as well get Adam on to talk about the book he wrote, the best book that's ever been written about football cliches, and he's English. So, oh, it's 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 quite literally in the top three books that have been written about football cliches. But um, Charlie, you mentioned uh, a man who knows a thing or two. We are going to get onto that. Oh, later. great, yeah. Oh my goodness, he, that, oh, my he's goodness. very much in a man who knows a thing or two territory. Yeah, ben yeah that, that perhaps the centerpiece of this whole episode will be coming up fairly shortly. A uh, question though from one of our listeners, James Moore, writes in. It says, was Wednesday night the biggest game to feature the ultimate indignity? And did Jack Grealish therefore suffer the ultimate, ultimate indignity? I mean, you tell me. Mm, you're, yes, asking, you're asking me my question. Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, I can't think of that having, having happened in a bigger game than that. And a European Championship semi-final. Mm. And I, I know you think there's some sort of mitigation. But how long did he play? Like 38 minutes? 35, I'm told. So, from what I understand, and when I say that, I mean from what Opta Joe tweeted last night, mm. uh, that's happened to two other England players in tournaments, right? And I think oh. one of them was Aaron Lennon against... Charlie probably just knows this. One of them was Aaron Lennon against Portugal in 2006. And Beckham, okay. Beckham was injured and Lennon came on then and went uh, off yeah. again in extra time. Mm. And the other one was Jamie Redknapp against Scotland, who came on at half-time oh, and did yeah. very well, and then got injured right at the end of the game. Yeah. Okay, so so fundamentally, if you take the Lennon... Those are the two independent defences of it, aren't they? Uh, an, an injury, and you had to go off, or yeah. you, are, you come on early and you play like an hour or more. Whatever. Yeah, which exactly. which then annoys me when people talk about that being an indignity. It's like, yeah, well, no, it's count. not. Like, they came Overruled. on... They've, yeah, they've yeah. played a reasonable amount of time. Dignity intact. So, well, I mean, to an extent... Grealish's substitution does tick the boxes, Charlie. I mean, wh- I mean, what I would say is, is that I, I instinct those words instinctively came into my head when I saw him sort of trudge off. <laughs> but I have to say, you don't actually hear that phrase anymore. Though. I mean, commentators just don't use it because it is basically disproportionate in almost every situation because it's like, well, it's not an indignity. It's not it? that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> And given these days the whole the whole rhetoric about being subbed off, it's well, I'd, I want him to be angry. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd be more worried if he wasn't. If he wasn't. <laughs> and it, as it turned out, Grealish was really happy after the games, actually. Yeah, it was great, that, wasn't it? I mean, you knew that would happen. You know, what was Sub it? Subgate's never like, going to pick him again. Yeah. Never going to pick him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely furious at his reaction. Really Lounging unbothered. around on the tarpaulin yeah. covering seats. That is not the sign of a man I'm happy to be substituted. <laughs> he's, he's got it all wrong. He's got it all wrong. Um, but no, in, in, in some to answer your question James given the circumstances the duty of it all I just don't feel like it qualifies and I, I do fear for the future of the ultimate indignity because uh, I feel like the, the threshold is narrowing so it feels like an exemption on Wednesday night for Grealish 
That's all I would say. Perhaps a more open and shut case, Charlie. A set-piece situation during the game um, from the left-hand side. Luke Shaw looking to swing the ball in for England's various aerial targets. And uh, ITV Sam Matterface declared it Luke Shaw territory. <sighs> I didn't notice that, but yes, that is uh, getting... That's way over the top, isn't it's, it? It is literally I mean, getting carried away, isn't yeah, it? We're not, yeah, we're not there yet. Irony aside, my main beef with this, James, even if Luke Shaw doesn't deserve his own territory yet, you can't have territory for a cross. Mm. You can't have territory mm. for a cross. That's a good just, question. I'm just trying to think of David Beckham. Yeah, could you have Beckham? Be- Beckham, no, Beckham, Beckham territory was shooting. You're talking you about can, shooting can territory, have, Beckham. Is territory always from a dead ball? Can you have yeah. territory in open play? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, in open play, it then becomes areas. You want to get into those areas where he can do the most damage. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you'd, also you'd have the time for someone to be like lining up a shot and you to be like, this is in Skull's territory. Like that would sound quite weird. Whereas you have the <laughs> yeah, time to like measure out exactly. Right, okay, it's 23.7 yards or whatever. Yeah, t- territory is a very precise thing. So mm. therefore the ball has to be static for you to analyse what's going on. So yeah, it's more areas. Oh, that was, that was more more comprehensive a discussion than I expected. <laughs> uh, good stuff. More niche territory now. Territory. Mm. You're um, getting into those areas, Adam. Actually, this was... Interesting psychological point during the game. I had one eye on Twitter during the game, Charlie, and uh, a psychological boost as things were looking a little bit tetchy in the second half when, when the first person finally broke ranks and said, Denmark look exhausted. And, and when you read that, and it's, not, and it's not at the time backed up by your own eyes, you think, oh my God, oh, yeah, this is it. <laughs> they they do look them. exhausted. It's great. Yeah. Incredible morale boost. Yeah, they did as well. I mean, um, mm. yeah, that, that, that really, it's like you've broken them. And mm. there's there's very little way back from there, isn't there? It's kind of like the yeah. best once you're exhausted, the best you can do is cling on for pens. But when someone who you can't hear has said you're exhausted, then that's it. I mean, mm. yeah, <laughs> definitely, you're yeah, all over. But um, interestingly, it did get me thinking, James, that in major tournament contexts, we talk about players being exhausted, uh, maybe looking a little bit tired. But you never use the common footballing synonym for tired during a tournament. Do you? Do you know what word I'm talking about? Uh, I feel it's a, a feeling I've suffered today, but you're going to have to remind me. The word is jaded. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, okay, yes, then, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, like, jaded. it's like a properly football word, isn't it, jaded? I, but that, I think that's more of an emotional tiredness, isn't it, but rather than a physical tiredness? No, you, no, I think it is. I, I, think so. I think there is a mental element to it. It's not well, quite I- leggy. It's not no, quite but, but, leggy. Yeah, I think jaded, though, is an element. There is a mental element. It's towards the end of a long, hard season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the yeah. pressure's sort of catching up with you. I don't okay. think it's just a physical thing. P- partly. Partly psychological. Also an Aerosmith song, I believe. <laughs> is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> is it about the... Uh, <laughs> it's about a long, hard Premier League the, the season. The business end of a Premier League season. Yeah. It, it was written very much with the run-in in mind. But, I mean, I mean, when you hear it during a sort of domestic season, sort of on, like, Sky coverage and, you know, like a pundit was saying, well, you know, they look a bit tired at the moment, I think. And I just think, I don't... I think that's just something you say. I think it's just something you say. I, and I don't, I don't think it's something you've analysed. I think it's just, yeah, look a bit tired. It's just an excuse. It's an excuse they've made up to sound like they've analysed the situation. Producer Dave, who is awake says the definition of jaded is bored or lacking enthusiasm, (laughs) typically after having had too much of something. So both of you, 27 minutes into this podcast recording, presumably, not lacking enthusiasm, though, because it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Um, James, you were there, of course, 
How did the two minutes and 41 seconds of England keeping the ball feel? For a massive pessimist like me, it was absolute torture. The, the Olays, I mean, I, I'm, yeah, uh, hey, I'm not a massive fan of that. Oh, you're not an Olayer? No, absolutely oh, it's, not. It's crazy absolutely to Olay. Not. It's like you're trying to piss the opposition off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this it. isn't fate tempting again, is it? It really oh, is. So I know is. you don't buy into this, but I just—I I don't care about it being disrespectful. Forget that. Who cares? No, no, no. I, sure. I, I'm just more worried about like the potential for that to come back and hit us in the face. Mm. Completely. No, but, but you know, also, like if you're like three 0 up in the last thirty seconds or the last whatever, three 0 up, fine. But you're one goal up against but, a team who are clearly decent. I, I just think uh, I don't I know. Accept, not, not for me. Makes I me feel so logic. nervous. I'm no, with you there, fine, James. Fine. I accept the logic of James's pessimism. I accept the logic of Charlie's anxiety. But I, I put it to you that even the most kind of fair weather football fan gets the vibe of when an Olay is safe. They. I mean, Olays are so rarely uh, unsafe. Yeah, but I think one goal, you shouldn't be Olaying with one goal. I think I, it's irresponsible. It only takes a second to score a goal. It only takes a second. But you have to throw in, James, you have to throw into this, this mix that when have England fans ever truly got the chance to properly Olay? And for so long, like, we're so rarely afforded that opportunity to Olay in a, in a competitive game as well. And I, we would do it in a friendly against Armenia or something. I'd, that would be fine, by the way. I'd be fine with that. Is it possible that, that was like the longest spell of possession England have ever had in a, like a competitive game or certainly like in a tournament game? Mark Carey was saying today, I mean, I forget the exact stat, but it was one, I think it was the longest passage of play any team, yeah, any team's had at the Euros or it was certainly... Oh, that's enough. That's right. Enough. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But also, this it was so Sunday League. This because it then turned out they had ten. It always men. is with you, isn't it? It's always no, is but, with you. But like they <laughs> suddenly they were like, oh, actually, England only, uh, Denmark only had ten men for that passage, can, which can is I the say, feeling I get on a Sunday when you, you're like, we're absolutely bossing at the first twenty, and then someone's like, you know, they've only got ten men. You're like, oh, that's why I had loads of space. <laughs> History and thought I was will really never good. care. History is never going to care about the ten men. This will be an illustration of how good an evening I had. That at halftime and extra time, me and the guys I was with had a conversation about Denmark having made all their substitutions and the guy going off. But when someone mentioned this morning that uh, that they were down to ten men for the second half extra time, I was like, "What? Really?" Just had no memory of that at all. It's one of the first things that gets airbrushed. I mean, because you because they never a man sent off. It was you know done in a you know we, they were so exhausted way. we'd worn them down and we we earned the right to pass it around for two minutes maybe if someone had tapped me on the shoulder and said you do realise I've only got ten men I would have actually been fine with the LA's and joined in it's fine it's not going to ruin your evening I mean it's a very long time two minutes and 41 seconds it's uh, it's 72.1% of the duration of three lions Charlie if you watch the video when England had got possession I think it's Phil Foden will kick it out of play just as Gary Lineker scores his goal against Germany in 1990 completely unrelated events and and doesn't doesn't tie together at all but but I did look it up so I wanted to tell you James meanwhile 2 minutes and 41 seconds is 0.0000009% of the time since England won the World Cup in 1966 another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast, lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Charlie, England's dramatic win, I feel in a narrative sense, spared us the debate about whether a goalkeeper, in this case Kasper Schmeichel, can be both that man and have a happy hunting ground. He, he was yeah. very close to achieving a rare double. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that would have been huge. What an accolade for him. I mean, he's won, the, he's won the Premier League, he's won the FA Cup, but to be that man and have a happy hunting ground. Well, let's break it down. How close was he to, to being that man? Could he have done it? Yeah, I don't know. Does a... Is he eligible? He's there again. That man for a keeper. I don't know. Is, I mean, there, an, is there an argument for it on the basis that he was probably the most famous player in the team, or at least to an English audience? Exactly, because it's lots of good saves. I mean, he, he made two very, very good saves to, to thwart England. And also he had the pre-match kind of faux controversy as well. So that kind of had him forefront of people's minds. So I've just, I think he may well have qualified. I think you could have a that man again. And it's that, and England are denied by that man again. I yeah, think you, I nice think, I, yeah, I can, I can, I can picture that. Nice qualifier. Enjoyed yeah, the think... Patrick Schick that man as well um, earlier in the tournament. By the way, he, yeah, I think definitely. he was possibly the that man of the tournament. And we've forgotten about him. Like, I mean, yeah, he, he's still in the running for Golden Boot, I believe. So, joint but, yeah, top, I believe. Potentially could never be that man again. But um, as for Happy Hunting Ground, that's that's not a goalkeeper thing, is it? I mean, I mean, when, he does love playing at Wembley. That's for sure. Mm. I've seen James him concede five. Go- I've seen him concede five goals there in a Premier League game against Spurs. <laughs> Sorry to Spurs you up again. <laughs> I'm not having that. No, that's fine. Uh, I was, it was more of a recency bias thing, but you know, I, yeah, happy hunting grounds. What about more, again uh, to more keep this Spursy? Tim Krul, although it's a different ground, but away at Tottenham. Given he had that like record-breaking save day for Newcastle when they won one 0 and then he was the hero in the penalty shootout against Norwich. Uh, the season before last. I think Spurs away is a happy hunting ground for, for Tim Krul. Yeah, it's just the I word hunting it. It implies that you're, you know, you're actually gaining something, whereas he's repelling things. Yeah, he's sort of, I feel like he's a bit of a huntsman, Tim Krul. Oh, gatherer Goes and gathers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, interesting. Happy gathering ground for <laughs> Tim Krul. The, the Europe-wide reaction to England's win, Charlie, which you've, you've written about for The Athletic, um, had some curious moments. I mean, there was the inevitable petition story <laughs> but, I, mean, I mean and these things always unfold after one single tweet yeah yeah, yeah. Um, very flimsy situation um, but yeah there was a petition to get England disqualified Hollywood acting ace Mads Mickelson <laughs> I believe this was an Instagram story with the caption football team lost to the fucking beans on toast people <laughs> quite like that I, I, yeah I, I really want to object to that and I've actually even googled the origin of beans on toast just to check but it yeah. all seems to check out so fair enough I, I I wonder if it was like a Paul Merson reference. Yeah, I was thinking that, yeah. <laughs> I know, it's, it, it's a shame they didn't hit the beans yesterday. Yeah, I'm, I'm devastated that, um, that the words <laughs> beans on toast evoke Paul Merson in my head rather than actually beans on toast, but quite a, 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 a novel way of, of referring to the English people. Mm. Charlie, anything else? Anything no. else? Any, any other sort of inevitable ripples of saltiness in Europe? Yeah, I mean, I, I found this slightly surprising. It's the thing I wrote about. Like, I don't remember us being like. I don't know. It feels quite nice that we, that people care enough about us to be, you know, throwing this sort of shade in the way that we would normally be asking for matches to be replayed or for 
players to be retrospectively given 12 game bans for diving or something um <laughs> so yeah I, I it was kind of i think inject it into my veins as the as the kids say on twitter yeah james i mean it, it introduces or at least emphasizes another potential angle of of this communal experience because i mean we know that club football is, is based around basically taking the piss out of you know your friends clubs or or, or any other people that you come up against whereas the england experience as we've established so far is very much a communal thing we're all in it together and we're all enjoying it together which is which is fun it's very enjoyable but if you throw in an aspect that other people hate you as well then you basically get the best of both worlds don't you you get the fact that you know you're annoying someone or supposedly annoying someone but you're all doing it in, in all doing it together that's actually potentially the best possible scenario yeah we should be england fans forever in england's case we have the like unique situation of having like other countries kind of incredibly close that we're kind of in this union with and others yes. who we're not in this union with i don't want to get into all that stuff but basically <laughs> we know exactly what they're saying at any given moment and we know they're annoyed but actually 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 on that point the welsh scottish and an Irish reaction, Charlie. What level of irony should we be operating on now? It's a little bit. It's a little bit similar to the to the "it's coming home" irony debate, which is how should we be dealing with our friends in the provinces? I mean, I'm, it doesn't get my back up that they they want England to fail. I, oh no! I am happy. Yes, I'm happy, and I expect them to do it. But where do we go from there? I mean, you can't have this standoff. You can't have a standoff where they're all they you know they hate England, you know almost almost performatively. And we say we're all right with it. That's 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 not even a cold war. What, what, what oh, what do you, you mean? mean we should got... be reacting and actually getting pissed I off think about we have it. To. Like, <laughs> something has to give. We can't just stay with that. Mm. It's never going to progress. But it's quite a... good because it's sort of an it's more inflaming of the situation for us to be like, nah, we don't care. So we're the sort mm. of bigger brother or whatever. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always going to end up being this kind of uh, you know you care more than me situation, isn't it, Jane? Yeah, I mean, uh, what I would say the counterpoint to that is in 2016 when Wales went further than England in the Euros. Uh, obviously we couldn't really get away with that and I was incredibly salty about that so uh, I, I and I remember being in a pub watching the Wales-Belgium game and being one of two people who didn't want Wales to win and being really annoyed that people wanted Wales to win it's just not the way it should work we should want them to lose and they should want us to lose and that's absolutely fine mm, yeah yeah that's fine yeah we're, we're all at peace I mean yeah everyone's having their fun with it I mean I don't think, actually think anyone is genuinely uh cut up about any of this possibly they are the next bit i want to share with you um, an unlikely centerpiece for this episode but here it is nonetheless I haven't actually picked on gb news yet charlie i mean it is very low hanging fruit as has already been established but i couldn't not pass up this opportunity big sam sam allardyce was on gb news on wednesday night reacting to the england game and normally as, as you alluded to earlier a man like Sam Allardyce would normally be introduced on a programme like this as, here's a man who knows a thing or two, etc, etc, etc. Quick little intro, and then and let him offer his platitudes. But no, no. Here, here is the full 1 minute 48 second introduction of Big Sam <laughs> on GB News by the preposterous Dan Wooten. Oh, God. Can I have brought in a guest who knows plenty about the highs and lows of <laughs> Could the have just done it there. game? Yeah. After a playing career spanning 21 years and oh. 578 appearances, Sam Allardyce went on to become mm-hmm. one of the most respected managers in English football and is the last person okay, to coach the national Sam. side prior to oh, God, Gareth Southgate. Since taking the helm at Blackpool in 1994, Sam's oh, biggest accomplishments oh, no. have included leading Bolton Wanderers to their first UEFA Cup qualification in 2005 
five and getting West Ham okay, promoted yep, to the Premier yep. League in 2012, <laughs> which he described as his best ever achievement. In 2016, Sam okay. signed a two-year contract to become England manager, thereby cementing his yeah. place in sporting history. Leading England to victory in the World okay, Cup so qualifier against Slovakia was another life what? highlight what? for Sam. But 67 days mm-hmm. after landing his top job, his dream came crashing oh, down. No. Sam was caught up in a Daily Telegraph sting offering advice about how to get around FIFA and FA rules for a fee. That resulted in his mutual departure from the England team and the drafting of Southgate as standard manager. A temp role that has been to this day. Reflecting on the scandal in 2017, Sam described missing out on the chance to lead England at Wembley, the battleground for tonight's semi-final, as a gut-wrencher. He said, I, I wasn't just proud this. to be the England manager. I was ready. I felt comfortable being him. here. Though he admitted why are you he quoting had been a fool, Sam was cleared of any <laughs> wrongdoing like this is your and went on thing. to manage Crystal Palace, Everton and West Bromwich yeah. Albion, which he stepped down from at the end mm-hmm. of the season in May. Sam Allardyce, you are the perfect man to be here tonight. <laughs> your reaction to the fact that England is through to the, England's, uh, to the Euros final? And Absolute shambles from start to finish, Charlie. I just don't. I don't get that. Just to, don't go through his whole career and fr- he looked so uncomfortable at first, to the point where, as you say, they they had to cut away from him, which is actually really annoying. So I would have liked to see what he was doing as they <laughs> talked about the the Somewhere. newspaper. Somewhere on the cutting room floor of GB News HQ, there is Sam Allardyce's reaction to when his intro suddenly suddenly went into the controversy section of his Wikipedia page. I mean, ha- having seen some of the kind of uh, production faux pas I've made on that channel already, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if that was an accident. Yeah, there was a moment where you just you just got the vibe that Wooten had lost all enthusiasm with what he was reading from the autocue in front of him. You just thought, uh, maybe this was too long. <laughs> um, so someone's definitely getting sacked for that. Um, I really wanted to introduce you both like that onto the podcast. I just I just don't think we had enough time. Oh, it's, it's awkward, isn't it? <laughs> uh, out of the three of us, only one of us has a Wikipedia page, don't they? I, 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 I didn't want to point that out. Um, oh, um, but, fuck but, off. Can, um, can listeners <laughs> please make Wikipedia pages for me and Charlie? Mine's going to get edited now, isn't it? By, um, yeah, this is Valoraki all over again. Charlie, I waited all day for this because no big England night <laughs> on a terrestrial channel. I thought, I, I, like, as soon as this has happened, I was like, Adam is going to love this. Is complete without confirmation of the viewing figures. And they do have to be confirmed because you get provisional ones, which aren't as good. And then you get the confirmed ones. Are those like the so, exit polls after an election? Yeah. And, and, and then they're not definitive until the presenter of the, of the broadcast tweets them out himself like a boast as if we weren't going to watch it anyway but yeah mark pugach confirmed tv figures just in for england versus denmark last night a peak of 26.3 million and including hub non-tv devices this peak increases to 27.6 million yes we'll get on to the hub in a moment making it the biggest peak football audience ever for a single channel uh, yeah, that, so Charlie, that puts it in the rarefied air of the top 10 UK TV audiences of all time. There, there are a couple of things as well with this that normally follow. And if it's a kind of Gary Lineker arch sort of additional thing, something like people don't care about international football <laughs> or, you know, the more earnest or genuine, like there's just not, you know, nothing quite like live sport or a yeah. joke about Love Island, maybe. Mm, um, mm, but yeah, yeah. the I, I think the uh, like yeah people not caring about internationals and fo- yeah football whatever is uh, is kind of a staple of those viewing figures which to me feel fairly meaningless. <laughs> no, I, I mean well, I mean it's part of the tapestry. But um, James, I did like him sneaking in a reference to um, the <laughs> widely acclaimed ITV hub that. <laughs> 
It's a fucking uh, shambles. It's uh, so shit. Why yeah, is it so shit? You have to shit? log in to use it. Anything you have to log in to use it. Like that. I mean, I, I, aside from the athletic, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not for me. Um, I mean, these lists of top 10 UK TV audiences of all time inevitably are peppered with high profile English football games and episodes of EastEnders, Charlie, uh, which reminded me that uh, I had to I had to go onto iPlayer, the uh, superior terrestrial Ooh. digital TV platform, and see if EastEnders are actually mentioning the Euros in any way. I, have, I don't watch it routinely, so I haven't really noticed. The, the Vic does have flags up, Euro-related flags up, and not in a kind of... And actually, inaccurately, it actually has the right flags for the tournament and isn't just used from Euro... <laughs> recycled. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, but uh, no mention... No mention of the Euros. And really, I, there wasn't I, like uh, you watching the game later. Exactly. Well, sometimes I mean, they put those bits in, don't they, at the last minute? Yeah, but, but very they, vague. They're so but rubbish. The game's on ITV, so why would they do that? Oh, yeah, they can't mention it. They can't mention it. Um, Phil Mitchell's not an idiot, mate. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have to. By law, it is mandatory that we now look ahead, Charlie, looking ahead mm. to the final. We look ahead, all eyes on the final. It's, it's fucking weird, isn't it? that we we have this opportunity to do this. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I don't know what we're supposed to do, but I, I do suspect we're going to have the mother of all previews slash build-ups. Yeah, it's just massive imposter syndrome. It feels like we shouldn't be, you know, we should almost offer our place up to France or someone and be like, no, no, you take it. Like, we shouldn't, we'll, we'll only fuck it up, you have it. Yeah, it's kind of all, it's all very, very confusing. Um, yeah, I mean, when do they start the, the build-up? Have they confirmed that? Good question. Uh, I, I mean, I, ITV went for a 90-minuter England Denmark I suspect both will go for two hours James do you think that's probably conservative I think maybe more yeah. I think it could six, be like a five star six, six feels like a good time to start that kind of program doesn't it like into the evening I think that kind of feels like a logical sort of cut off point from their perspective I guess the BB well they both actually have the opportunity to do stuff on other channels right you're talking about their main broadcast on their main mm. channel yeah no build up is such a it's such a grey area I mean you, you don't want one show channel. getting involved do you like so the one mm. show getting in the mood fuck off that's not part of the build up <laughs> 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 I mean BBC have a 24 hour news channel but they could technically claim to have started their build up now really no they? it doesn't count doesn't, doesn't count it has to be part of the regular scheduling you have to be taking the place of something else that would routinely have been on at that time that is build up okay so but yeah speaking of you know the timeline between now and the final we're going to ramp up the previewing left right and center there's going to be a lot it's going to be laid on very thick charlie isn't it but i suspect i suspect we've laid it on too thick too early this is stuart pierce and his talk sport monologue i think i feel like you already know what you're about to hear <laughs> my management ship but here he is simply listing lots of english things so what does england mean to me it's Cornwall. <laughs> it's the Lake District. <laughs> the New Forest. New Forest. Stonehenge. Buckingham Palace. It's a Cornish pasty. Fish and chips. Pat and pizza. Clotted cream and scones. Pie and mash. It's the Who. The Stranglers. Oasis. The Stranglers, really? Would you put them the in that bracket of like the most English thing? I think it's he just really likes them. The, <laughs> the sonnets of Shakespeare. Her Majesty. <laughs> The Queen. The Queen. It's a Bristolian, a Brummie, a Scouser, a Geordie, a Cockney, and a good old-fashioned cup of tea. More than anything, it's home. This country, this England, my England. No sign of beans on toast. No, no, that's true. Uh, I don't know how English... I mean, I, I, no judgment here, Charlie. 
I, I feel sufficiently proud to be English. I, I, I've, I've got, I've got enough English pride in me, just, just the right amount. But um, that's made just that's made me feel slightly bored to be English. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a bit too just factual. Just... It's, it's turned. It, it's reminded me of all the English things, and I've just gone. I don't want to do any of those things uh, <laughs> right now. I don't want to go to Stonehenge, the New Forest. I'd be up for that at some point. Uh, and yes, I'll probably have some tea. Uh, but Especially Majesty, the Queen. The Queen. <laughs> As is the case with most of these things, James, the content producer themselves tells you that you must have goosebumps. I don't. Mm. Stop telling me. <laughs> yeah. Stop telling me how I should feel about this stuff. I mean, uh, um, you know, we're going to have a few days of this, and there's going to be a lot of genuine, sincere sentiment. I, I mean, dare lots... you to watch this and not get yeah, goosebumps. Ex- shit like that. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> like, there was so much that came out of. There was so much that came out of the game and people f- uh, filming stuff from the game that was so sincere, like properly, this this got me and that's fine and you're allowed to react to it how you like. But just stop telling us how to react to stuff. Yeah. It is weird that you seem to like, there seems to be like an insistence that we all have like a uniform reaction to everything mm. that happens. Mm. Like, the, like the, you're going to find different elements of it, it, it <laughs> bring out different emo- emotions in you depending on your like life experiences and whatever, right? Yeah. If you don't like, cry you know, at this Stuart Pierce video, you're dead inside. You know, people like me who don't have kids, there'll be loads of stuff that kids do in these things. I just won't give a fuck about it. I don't care what kids do. They're boring. Yeah, uh, whatever. Completely. I mean, but if you two, it might be different, but I don't care. No, no I, I broadly agree. I mean, but I mean, my, my goosebumps threshold, medically, requires more than Stuart Pierce, Stuart Pierce talking about the New Forest. <laughs> Rummy. But he's, but he's never even been. He's <laughs> <laughs> never been. He took Gareth Southgate once. And, uh, yeah. Uh, another inevitable development that's already gone super early, James. Uh, Yuri Geller has stuck his oar in. Uh, he, he is, uh, um, for once, he's passing responsibility onto us. Mm. Um, he wants us all to uh, shout the word abracadabra, um, which apparently turns out is a Kabbalistic word. Hebrew etymology suggests that abracadabra... It's a corruption of the Hebrew ebracadabri, meaning I will create as I speak, that the act of speech itself will magically create new realities. Anyway, Geller says... It's not quite as catchy, that, is it? Geller continues. Sorry, that was slightly Um, (laughs) Wooten-esque. In 2016, Yuri Geller, um, Geller tells us, say abracadabra three times before the match, okay, after God Save the Queen has been sung, and then at key moments. <laughs> Just constantly through the game. <laughs> key moments. Defined, read up to defined key moments or what? I mean. Free kicks, corners, but only the second one in succession. Only um, free kicks in Luke Shaw territory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all counter-attacks where your players outnumber theirs. Is he... What, where, where's Yuri Geller? What's his sort of medium for saying this stuff now? I mean, do people... Do, do tabloid newspapers still... Using no, his own channels. The, uh, this was the Jewish Telegraph's second Yuri Geller exclusive in a row. Right. Um, okay. I feel like they might have they might have a way into him. <laughs> Great if scoop. The, if you're the only person talking to him, do you, is it, do it count as an exclusive? <laughs> I don't care. Um, uh, it just amazes me continuously how he, he clings onto any of this. Um, but yeah, cheers, Yuri. I'll, yeah. I'll be I'll be sticking. It's like a drinking game. He's like it's like the Yuri Geller drinking game that he's. Would you have he's had to have done it twice on that Kane penalty? Mm. Would you have had to have said it when he took the penalty and then one? Once it had been saved. Or yeah, because that's a big a chance. Is that not one continuous big moment? Would well, you have to know. say... I guess he would have scored know. if we had all said it. So, yeah. yeah. True. True. A couple other points of note. Dan Mahoney, Charlie, says, I've seen the final referred to as a small matter. Surely this is the final straw of things that are too big to be referred to as a small matter, even winkingly. Don't yeah. think so. I <laughs> Don't mean, think so. 
uh, <laughs> I'd love to know who said that. I mean, because also, yeah, first, the small matter of Italy, you normally have the first, don't you? But there's not there's not anything after this. Yeah. There's an outside chance of Lineker doing it. Feels very Lineker. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's more Pugac. Just feel like there's something that would have to be coming after it. That this, that you, you know, you'd say something to it could, you know, something as bland. You know, tomorrow BBC reverts to its normal schedule. We'll have EastEnders, but mm. first the small matter of the Euro 2020 final. James Stephen Hill asks: Any odds of the BBC Philharmonic being queued up for a very special? <laughs> Rendition of Sweet Caroline at Sports Personality of the Year. Yeah, I think that's such that's a good shout. Absolutely shout-out. nailed on to when the England football team win Team of the Year. When the, yeah, uh, yeah. That, there's absolutely no chance that does not happen. Are you going to yeah. watch it? Would you now watch it? If we win the Euros, would you watch Sports Personality of the Year? Would, again, I'm offering you another deal. Um, <laughs> we, we win the Euros, but you have to watch the entirety of Sports Personality of the Year. Oh God. How long does it go on? Uh, it's good for three hours, I think. Isn't and it, it always overruns. Oh is yeah. it going to be loads of motorsport and stuff? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, or well, whatever, yeah, whatever they've got the rights to. And um, we're for, here in Sheffield. Yeah, you, and you don't have to, you don't just have to watch all the coverage. That includes all the sweeping shots of the audience, where you know, in Sheer and Beckham style, you've got two people sitting next to each other who, which look really awkward. One's really famous, but one's really good in a really niche sport, and you think, oh, <laughs> and they shouldn't sit next to each other. And you have to watch those bits as well. Um, deal or no deal? Yeah, it's not worth it. Sorry. No. <laughs> Charlie, um, BBC or ITV for the final? It's going to be BBC, but and, and I know maybe on merit it should be ITV, but BBC, I don't know. It's just I, I can't, I can't not watch BBC for a for a big final. It's got to be Gary, Gary in the yeah, in the and, team. And as 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 we saw on semi final night, you know, going to an advert break when you're mm. trying to bask in glory, mm. and all those little in between the advert bits, which are actually really annoying. Yeah, like, well, just, and all, you know, I said on, on an earlier episode about how now with that, like, we're a bit more okay with ads because we're always on our phones anyway and whatever. But actually, yesterday did annoy me because I did just want, with it. I just wanted sort of. They could have stuck with it. Uh, they could have just. Yeah. They could have overruled. They could have overruled it. Is, it, is it, that, Are we talking about the one, the pre-game advert you get just after the teams have come out after the anthems and stuff? You get that one quick advert before. Do they do yeah. that though? Sky do that. Is that? Oh, do oh, okay. I don't think, think we, they do that because that's crazy. When Sky fit in an ad, like one ad, you're like, how are you doing that now? It feels like yes, always for Sky bet as well. Weird, just, just after <laughs> we, a bit like how we fit the manscaped advert halfway through. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's exactly the same as that. That's true. Friday morning, we've got a couple more days of build-up to go, but we—it's fair to say we've got off to a flyer. We've all done our bits, Stuart Pierce included. Thanks to you, Charlie. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you, and you. Cheers, James. Done it. Are you up to anything on Sunday? Small matter. <laughs> That's a small matter of a trip to Wembley, Adam. Oh, oh. Don't mind if you do. Enjoy. Thanks for everyone. A little bit later than planned. Uh, the news will follow. Cheerio. See you next time. The New Forest. The Athletic.